Welcome to the podcast from Gateway Baptist Church. You're listening to a message from our Ormo campus. Find us at gatewaybaptist.com.au if you'd like to connect with us as we seek to change lives by following Jesus in our community, our nation and our world. I'm so glad that you're here with us for Vision Sunday. Uh, if you've been with us for 11 years since we started or you've been with us for 11 minutes, uh, we are so glad that you've made your way here this morning, Jason's already given us a bit of a picture of what uh, we're going to be stepping into this term. And so I want to jump in to launching our series today, Come Holy Spirit. I went to um, sit with my daughter the other night as she was trying to go to sleep. And we're having a little bit of fun with her at the moment. She's just struggling going to sleep. She's waking up in the night. She's just at that phase that a lot of our kids have been through and maybe some of yours. I hope some of you also, I'm not alone in this, that you know, just suddenly awareness of the stillness of the night and the darkness of the house and when everyone else is asleep, she doesn't love that. So I thought I'd try a different strategy and went and thought I'd read to her the story of Jesus calming the storm. So we sat down and uh, I pulled that out and started to tell the story. And as I often do when I'm talking to my kids about that, I'm paraphrasing little bits that I just don't want to get too stuck on because I want them to hear the story and not get stuck on, you know, what's a Pharisee, Dad? Or what's a disciple? Or what do you mean he did that? Like the welcome sign just fell. That's helpful. So I'm trying to just move past those. And I got to the end of it and I said, so see, Sarah, like... You know, this is God just, even when everything's kind of stormy and crazy, can be our peace. And I thought it was a great message. And uh, she then said to me, so Jesus and God and the Father and Lord, and how does that all work? <laughs> so I just want to talk about peace so you would go to sleep and not wake me up at 2am. Can we just get back to... The whole purpose of this moment. I can't quite understand how she articulated the question, but I found myself at nine o'clock at night by my daughter's bedside. Here I am with a degree in theology, 20 plus years of pastoral ministry, doing my best to explain the Trinity to a seven-year-old and all of the biblical terms that are ascribed to God. See, I did okay, I thought, when I was trying to explain, you know, God, this, yeah, we do worship one God, Sarah. You know, there's some names that are just the same name, but different kind of angles of it. But, you know, it's the one God in three persons. We call it the Trinity. And you know, this perfect, loving, integrated community. Seven-year-olds get integrated communities. I'm doing my best and I'm stumbling. And I thought I did all right as I explained the relationship between the Father and Son. But I've got to tell you, if this was an exam, I failed in the language that I tried to find to explain to my seven-year-old the, the work, the role, and the place of the Holy Spirit. I, I don't know about you, but, but sometimes even just trying to... It, it, there's something that deep inside me understands the theology of the Spirit, but trying to put it into words at times, I find myself stumped as I explain it to somebody else. Some of you may have grown in a tradition of church that are, the tradition of church we've been in some quarters has believed in the Trinity, which is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Scriptures. And so the Spirit may not be something that you've actually 
had a lot of kind of, you've not done a lot of time. It's something maybe that you've been a little bit kind of standoffish with, not wanted to go there or, or what you've seen or experienced or seen others display in the whole theology of the Spirit is something that you're just a bit standoffish with. But we can't have a Trinity that's God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Scriptures because if you open the Holy Scriptures, what it talks about is God the Father, God the Son and God the Holy Spirit. And I know as we step into 2023 and all that this year has for us both personally and corporately, getting a new understanding and, and choosing to embrace the work of the Spirit in our midst is going to be critical to us seeing and fulfilling all that God has called us to. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to unpack a lot of what the Bible says about the ministry and the work of the Holy Spirit we're going to come to understand what, what is this prayer that we pray when we say, come, Holy Spirit. But to get us into it, I just want to today spend a few minutes talking about language. I want us to go to the Scriptures and I want to talk about language. But before I do, can you just do a small exercise for me? I promise there's nothing crazy or mystical coming out of this when you hear what I'm going to do. But I just want you to maybe, if you're comfortable, to close your eyes and just become aware of your breathing. Just take a moment, think of your breath. Okay, the second thing I want you to do is if you've got a piece of paper or a, a Bible or anything, just even your hand. I just want you to, come on, let's just get a bit of fanning going in the place for a minute. I just want you to do this. Okay, just don't worry, I'm not going to make anyone do anything. You don't have to do star jumps after this or burpees, right? This is, this is okay. So we're going to think of these two concepts for a minute of breath and of wind. Genesis tells the story of beginnings. And if we go back to the very beginning of the Bible, it says this, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, Genesis 1 verse 2. Now, the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. The first mention, the first picture we get of the Holy Spirit is in the very beginning, before the Word of God had even spoken creation into being. It says, in this formless void, the Spirit of God was just hovering over the waters. And then what's the next verse? And God said, let there be light. But let me just go back to Genesis 1-2 for a moment. The Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. The Hebrew word for Spirit is the word ruach. So we'll say that together. Ruach. I think you get a ruach at the end, right? <coughs> ruach. The word ruach and the ruach in the Hebrew, the ruach Elohim, the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. You know what ruach means? It means breath. It means wind. The translation of ruach is breath and is wind. And these two pictures are really important, I reckon, to help us understand the presence of the Spirit and the work of the Spirit. I got you to take a moment to just concentrate on your breathing because I rarely think about my breathing. 
The only time I think about my breathing is when I play sport and I realise how poor my lung capacity is or when I get asthma, which I'm prone to. And suddenly when breath is laboured or breath is harder, I become aware of the importance of breath. But most of us walk through the day completely unaware of this thing that you're doing right now, which is breathing. Science suggests that most of us breathe around, I think, 22,000 breaths every day, in and out and in and out. And you don't think about it until suddenly breath is taken from you. You see, the breath that we breathe is the source of life. It is the thing that enables us to function and to be present. It is the life within us. And so the Bible says that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth and the Spirit or the breath of God was just there hovering over the waters. And then what happened? God spoke. See, Ruach literally means breath that produces speech. Do this later, this will be embarrassing for you right now, but try and speak without breath. Try and make a sound without breath. You see, it's the breath within us that not only gives us life, but enables us to animate and to speak. And so in the very beginning, the breath of God exists. It is the essence of all things. It is the life of all things. It is what gives life to all things. The Spirit is the source of life. Ephesians 5, when Paul writes to the church, he says this, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. But what Paul really wants to say is we, we can lean into God and be filled with the essence and the life source of the one who gives life, who breathes life into us. And it's that breath, it's the Spirit within us that we're encouraged to allow to become the dominant, overwhelming, transformative force in us. You see, when you become a person of faith, the Bible says, and this is hard I find to explain, it's a mystery, but the Spirit fills us, comes lives within us and starts to transform us to become more like Jesus. In other words, it's His breath. It's His breath in our lungs that gives us words of praise. It's His breath in our lungs that actually starts to live out of a different life source. You see, Ruach's spirit is breath. It's the breath of God. But more than that, Ruach is also translated wind. What did I get you to do that? Because what's wind? It's a stirring of the atmosphere. It's, it's, it's not like wind is a separate thing from what is around us. It's a stirring of the presence that surrounds us. And sometimes when the atmosphere is stirred and we feel the breeze on us, we don't know where it comes from, but we recognise that behind it is a source and a power that we cannot see, but we are fully aware of its presence. We've all experienced on a hot Sunday morning the gentle breeze as the fans or something else just bring us that moment of relief. But many of us have also seen the destructive power of the wind. When I was a, a young, when I was a teenager growing up in Dubbo, we used to occasionally get these 
epic dust storms roll off kind of Western New South Wales. And on this one particular day, a dust storm rolled into Dubbo. And I used to uh, play cricket growing up and I was at cricket practice this afternoon. And where our oval was, looked kind of down over the Macquarie River and you could see Western Dubbo where the dust storm was rolling in. And it was quite novel. If you've ever seen a dust storm, they are incredible things to witness. And we thought it was cool for a moment until the wind started to pick up. And so all these kind of young teenage boys are scrambling, packing up their cricket gear. We all ran and stood against the wall of the Girl Guide Hall near where the cricket oval was and we could see the wind kind of rushing past. We were on the protected edge of the hall, which was great until all of a sudden we noticed the top three or four rows of bricks start to lean this way and the entire roof get ripped off and blown 200 metres across the oval. Took out a couple of kids on the way by. I've experienced the destructive power of the wind and we know that the wind has power. We don't know where it comes from, but we know that it exists. We can't see it, but we know it's there like our breath. It's always present with us, but sometimes the thing that needs to change is our awareness of its presence. So as we experience the spirit, the breath of God, the wind of God, we're experienced and invited to pray, come Holy Spirit, would you help us become more aware of your presence and would you help us to become more aware of your power? Someone, uh, I heard someone speak on this recently, someone I know quite well, and they said, uh, uh, the way I describe the Holy Spirit is that He's God's breath of fresh air. There's something in the language that matters here that helps us understand both the presence of the Spirit and the power of the Spirit. Like breath, like wind, it exists. We're not always aware of it. And so part of the journey I believe God wants to take us on is to become more aware of His presence that is always with us. You know, one of the challenges I find when we talk about the Holy Spirit as the presence and the power of God is that some of us kind of get taken up by wanting to chase the experience of that. You see, when God moves, when God's presence becomes tangible in your reality, when God's power moves in your midst, it's a good thing because God is good. And when God moves, the only experience we have is the good purposes of God at work amongst us. But Jesus says, to his disciples in Acts 1, I read this earlier, you will receive power, it says, when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. But first, I just want you to wait in Jerusalem because when the Spirit comes, you'll receive his power and then what will be the outcome of that? You'll go and be my witnesses, the Bible says. The purpose of the Spirit's presence and power is seen in this second part of the statement. When the power of God comes, it's to enable His people and His church to be His witnesses, to illuminate Jesus. Part of the ministry of the Holy Spirit is to illuminate Jesus. And part of the ministry of the Spirit in and through us is to illuminate Jesus to a broken and a hurting world. So Jesus says, wait for power to come from heaven so that you can be my witnesses. In other words, when God fuels something in you that isn't something you conjure up in yourself, but when God fuels something in you through the power of His presence, then you're equipped to do the ministry that He's called you to do. And this points us to a little bit of a biblical framework for the work of the Spirit. 
Because where the Spirit is present, heaven and earth collide. I've heard a great song that someone wrote that uses that line. We're going to sing it a little bit later. But where the Spirit is present, heaven and earth collide. And if you do a biblical snapshot, there's as much reference to the Spirit in the Old Testament as there is in the New Testament. And as you read, you get a picture of what happens when the Spirit comes. Let me give you a few pictures. When the Spirit comes, we see God creating. In Genesis 1, the Spirit of God's hovering over the waters and God says, let there be light. And what happens? Things start moving. The world is created in all its brilliance and intricacy and beauty and complexity. You see, where the Spirit is present, creating, creativity happens. Genesis 31 tells the story of how God's given some detailed instructions about His place of worship. And it says this, Genesis 31, verse one. Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I've chosen Bezalel, son of Uri, the son of Hur of the tribe of Judah, and I have what filled him with the Spirit of God, with the Ruach of God, with wisdom, with understanding, with knowledge, and with all kinds of skills to make artistic designs for work in gold, silver and bronze, to cut and set stones, to work in wood and to engage in all kinds of craft. Let me speak to the artists and the tradesmen in the house for a moment because what's the Bible tell us? That the Spirit of God enables creativity. The Spirit of God falls on this young man and we find out his friend and they're equipped by the power of God to create and bring about beauty in the midst of that which is yet to be created. If you're an artist, if you're a songwriter, if you're a musician, the Spirit of God and the power of God's Spirit within you can give you just the impetus to create things of beauty and of wonder. If you are a tradesman, if you are gifted to work with your hands, what does it look like for the Spirit of God to actually energise a new level of creativity in you? Some of us have been places where we've seen tradesmen that obviously don't have the Spirit of God at work in them. As the water runs away from the drain, not into it, as the paint peels off the wall and as the wall falls down, you think that person obviously didn't know the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm not suggesting that all tradesmen are, you get my, it's it's a joke. But in the scripture, there's these moments. In the Old Testament, the Spirit comes to equip people to do the thing that God's called them to do. And when the Spirit comes, creativity happens. If you are an artist, if you are a tradesman, what would it look like to regularly just say, God, create a God? As I look at the beauty and the intricacy of this world, I know that the Bible says that I'm made in your image and, and you want to fill me with your spirit and use me for your purposes. What songs can we write together? What, what things can we build for your glory and your goodness and to be your witness in this world? When the Spirit comes, creativity happens. When the Spirit comes, the wisdom of God comes. Numbers 11, the Lord said to Moses, bring me 70 of Israel's elders who are known to you as leaders and officials among the people. Have them come to the tent of meeting that they may stand there with you. I'll come down and speak with you there and I'll take some of the power of the Spirit that's on you and put it on them and they will share the burden of the people with you so that you will not have to carry it alone. You see, the Spirit of God comes. Moses is overwhelmed by all the need and all the things he's got to do and everyone's annoying him and he doesn't know what to do even though he's a great leader and he's chosen by God. And so God says, let me teach you a great leadership principle, Moses. Don't have to do it all yourself. So I'll go and get some good people, but bring them in. And I'm not just going to get you to bring them because they're good people. In the midst of that, I'm actually going to equip them 
with my spirit, because when the spirit comes, the spirit brings wisdom. The spirit brings the capacity to minister in the things of God. The spirit also brings power. There's a great story that we tell in kids' church at times and some of you are aware of because probably I haven't preached on this for a long time. You might have not heard this story, but it's of a man named Samson who was known to have great strength. And it says, this is the spirit of the Lord, Judges 14, came powerfully upon him so that he tore the lion apart with his bare hands. Like it's a crazy and a weird story and I'm not gonna build a great theology out of this, but we get a sense that when the Spirit of God comes, so does power from heaven. See, all these moments are moments that we see in the Old Testament where the Spirit of God came onto a person for a special occasion and heaven and earth collided and the ministry of heaven and the power of heaven and the wisdom of heaven and the creativity of heaven found its way to bear on earth. Continues, we see that when the Spirit comes, the Word of heaven is spoken. All the prophets talk about, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon me and opened my mouth to speak. It says this in 2 Samuel 23. These are the last words of David. David, King David. The one that wrote great swads of kind of parts of our scripture, the Psalms and other uh, writings, but these are the last words of David. The inspired utterance of David, son of Jesse, the utterance of the man exalted by the Most High, the man anointed by the God of Jacob, the hero of Israel's songs. Listen to this. The Spirit of the Lord spoke through me. His word was on my tongue. What happens? Heaven and earth collide. The words of heaven through the Holy Spirit are spoken through the person on whom the Spirit fell. See, when the Spirit comes, heaven and earth collide. The words of heaven are spoken. When the Spirit comes, heaven and earth collide and the restoration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit come. Isaiah 61, you might be familiar with this scripture because Jesus utters it himself. Isaiah says this, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Again, the words of heaven. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted and to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. The words of heaven, the healing of heaven, the restoration of heaven. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favour and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. What's my point? When the spirit comes... Heaven and earth collide. And we're going to unpack some of the theology of this over the next couple of weeks. But in the life and the ministry, in the death and the resurrection of Jesus, his own prayer came to bear because Jesus prayed this, may your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. May your kingdom come, Lord, on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, may heaven and earth collide. And if we look at the whole snapshot of Scripture, in the beginning, God created a good and a perfect earth where it all made sense. And then human sin and brokenness came in and messed up the whole picture. And Jesus stepped in as God's ultimate plan of restoration and renewal. And he prays this, may your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And then he says to his disciples, I want you to go and be my witnesses. In other words, you now are going to be kingdom messengers and kingdom agents in this world. I'm gonna use you, broken, failing people, to be my hands and feet, 
to bring the words of heaven to bear on earth, to bring the creativity of heaven to bear on earth, to bring the wisdom of heaven to earth, to bring the healing of heaven to earth, to bring the renewal and the restoration and the recreation of heaven to earth. But you're not gonna do it under your own strength. You're gonna do it as I equip you and empower you with my Holy Spirit. Something really important we all need to get a hold of. No matter what your theology is, it's this, that, that God in His wisdom, and I've got to be honest because I know myself too well, this is a wisdom that doesn't make sense. But God in His wisdom has chosen me and He's chosen you to be His witnesses carry the power of His Holy Spirit to do His kingdom work on earth as it is in heaven while all of us wait with great anticipation for the day when God brings it all together. The kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of earth reality all in all. You know the day that Revelation talks about where there'll be no more crying, no more sickness when the old order of things has passed away and God is in the centre of all things once again. That is what we look forward to with great hope. But right now, the Kingdom of God is breaking through. The Kingdom of God is breaking through as people that learn to be filled with the Spirit of God, with the breath of God, to learn to discern the presence and the power of God and to be obedient to the things of God, step out in faith, and continue to bring that collision of heaven and earth. You see, I wanna see what happens. I do wanna see what happens. We sing it when heaven and earth collide in Ormo this year. I wanna see what happens when heaven and earth collide in your stories this year. When heaven and earth collide over Pimpamar and Upper Coomera and Carrara and Shayla Park and Willow Vale and Bean Lee and Homeview and Buchan and Tanamera, and I'm sure there's a whole bunch of other suburbs that are represented here. But what's gonna happen when heaven and earth collide, when we experience the ministry of heaven in our stories and our families and our workplaces and our anxiety and our depression and our fear and our brokenness? I wanna see what happens when heaven and earth collide. I don't know about you, church, but one of my great prayers is every Friday night, every Sunday morning as our young people gather, why don't you join together in praying, come Holy Spirit. Because if you haven't worked out, all the promises of this world aren't bringing any sense of joy, purpose or fulfilment to our young people. They're just bringing greater sense of isolation, disconnection, low self-esteem, but we pray come Holy Spirit, bring heaven and earth together in the lives of our young people. May they see breakthrough, may they find hope, may they discover purpose that can only come from one source. Come Holy Spirit. I, I, I wanna see the ministry of heaven come and minister to people in their physical brokenness. I don't understand why God chooses to move and work at times and not in others when we pray for healing. But you know what? One day, the ultimate picture of heaven and earth coming together is ultimate healing for all people. But through the power and the presence of the Spirit, sometimes God just opens the window of heaven and we get to see a good glimpse of His good future in the now. And so we continue to pray, 
God, would you bring your healing? Come, Holy Spirit. I just want to see what happens when heaven and earth collide into the midst of people's stories of anxiety and depression and things that are holding them back. I pray, come Holy Spirit, bring release, bring healing, bring renewal and bring restoration. I wanna see what happens when people discover their purpose, find new joy in using their God-given gifts. I wanna pray, come Holy Spirit, release more of the creative, more songs, more pictures, more beauty in our midst. Come Holy Spirit, pour out your generosity through your people for the Kingdom. It's my great pleasure and joy today that I get to let you know that this week we got the final figure for our Bloom Christmas appeal in 2022. If you were here at our Christmas services at the end of last year, you know that we invited people to give generously so that a uh, early learning centre could be established that was steps aside alongside the ministry of Bloom, that as we minister to mums that have been rescued out of some of the most dire and tragic and terrible circumstances, that there was a safe place where their children can go and be cared for and loved. And I'm just so excited to be able to let you know that as a church, as a community across Christmas, $347,000 was given to the establishment of that centre. I wish I had the faith for that amount and I didn't. But you know what? What happens when heaven and earth collide? There's an outpouring of generosity. I want to pray for us this year. Come Holy Spirit, bring people that right now have no awareness of You, that don't believe in You, that doubt Your existence, people that are far from God. Come Holy Spirit, draw them to Yourself. I pray that some of these empty chairs we see this morning, by the end of this year, by our church party on the last Sunday of November are gonna be filled with some people that are declaring their faith in Jesus in baptism because we as a church learn to pray, come Holy Spirit and be obedient to His voice and His Word and His prompting. Come Holy Spirit. Will you pray a prayer this year with me? Come Holy Spirit. As we breathe, help us to become more aware of Your presence, of Your breath, of Your life. As we feel the gentle breeze from the wind, God, Would You help us to become more aware of Your power? Come Holy Spirit, would You use us to see heaven and earth collide as Your Kingdom continues to come on earth as it is in heaven. I just wanna bring this back to a much more personal note as we land this morning. See, we discover the Ruach, the Spirit, of God, the breath, the wind of God. I want to ask you a question. Does God need to breathe some of His new life into you? Does God need to breathe some of His new life into you? The prophet Ezekiel in the Old Testament has this picture that's a really, really powerful picture. I'm going to read it. It's a little bit long, so stick with me. But Ezekiel 37, he says this, The hand of the Lord was on me, and He brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley, and it was full of bones. 
He led me back and forth among them and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. And He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, You alone know. And then He said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the Word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath. I will make Ruach enter you and you will come to life. I'll attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you'll come to life. And then you'll know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound and the bones came together bone to bone. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. And then He said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy Son of Man and say to it, this is what the Sovereign Lord says, come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as He commanded me and breath entered them and they came to life and stood on their feet, a vast army. Then He said to me, Son of Man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. My people, I'm gonna open your graves and bring you up from them. I'll bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my Spirit in you and you will live and I will settle you in your own land. Then you'll know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. And I just had a real sense this week that some of us feel like we are those dry bones. And God just wants to say, I wanna breathe new life into you. I wanna breathe my Spirit's life into you. I wanna give you a new source for joy and a new source for hope. I wanna make you more aware of my presence. I want you to be present and participant with me in seeing the ministry of heaven come to bear on earth as I've commissioned you to do. See, maybe you're entering just another year and you've been following Jesus your whole life, but right now it's just another year and it's another foot in front of the other. And you're like, yeah, I still don't know how to talk to my friend and my neighbour about Jesus. I still don't know how God wants to use me. I'm not sure what my gifts look like. And it's not about you working harder or conjuring up more. Maybe it's just the vulnerability to say, I need to be filled with the Spirit, the breath of God. Breathe into me, Lord. Fill me with Your Spirit. Teach me to minister out of a different place. Teach me to minister with a different power, not my own, but Yours. Here I am, dry bones, an empty vessel. Breathe life into me. Hey, can we stand together this morning? I wanna pray for some of us as we land this service today, as you look to the year ahead and Maybe it's not one filled with great anticipation, joy or hope for you right now, but I wanna encourage you that if you are a follower of Jesus in this place, that He desires to fill you to overflowing with His Spirit so you can be more effective in the work that He's called you to do with the people that He's surrounded you with, in the workplace where He's planted you. This year, He wants you to become more aware of His presence, like your breath that He's always with you. The Spirit of God is always with you. He just wants to grow your awareness of it. And He wants to use you, your hands, your feet, your intellect, your voice, inspired by His power and His Spirit to bring the collision 
of heaven and earth into the world in which He's planted you. As we sing, just spend a little bit of extra time this morning just singing and worshipping God and using these songs as prayers as we, we just pray through song this morning. Help us become more aware of Your presence, Lord. As we pray through song, I wanna see what happens when heaven and earth collide. I wonder as if we pray those and as we sing those, if you this morning just wanna say, God, I feel dried up and empty, but I wanna say, here I am, fill me with Your Spirit. I'm gonna ask our prayer team to come and join me at the front, that some of our leaders are gonna come and join us at the front. And I'm gonna get them to pray a really simple prayer over you today, and it's this. I want them to pray this. Come, Holy Spirit, breathe new life. Make us more aware of Your presence. Fill us with more of Your power so that we can minister in Your Name and see heaven and earth collide. God wants to breathe new life into you. Maybe 2023 is gonna be your best year yet. Not because everything circumstantially lines up, but because in every moment you see God at work in you and through you give you new joy, peace, hope and purpose in the midst of whatever life throws up. You discover more of His purpose for your life. Just a simple prayer we want to pray of you. Come Holy Spirit, breathe new life to these dry bones we pray. Hey, as we sing today, why don't you, if you would like us to pray that for you, I'm expecting a whole bunch of people want that prayer right. So don't be shy, someone's got to be first. Why don't you, as we sing, start to make your way forward and just let our team minister to you. You just don't know how scary a prayer that might be. Today might be the moment where God just does something in you that actually just changes your whole perspective on yourself or the whole trajectory of your life. Come, Holy Spirit, we pray. We hope you've been blessed by this message. We are a growing family and everybody who walks through our doors is welcome. If you'd like to connect with us, please head to gatewaybaptist.com.au to find out more.